The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play at your table and on your television you can think of us as the silver and gold of gaming podcasts we're a proud member of the psvg podcast network and still to be part of the dice tower network as well i'm one of your hosts kyle and joining me on this co-op adventure the guy who never settles for silver josh how are you doing this evening this late late evening slash early morning <laughs> well technically it's tomorrow it's technically it's release day for me it's Thursday. Um, yeah. Uh, yesterday I came down with a cold. So you sound a little rough. Today it's really amped up. It's really shown itself to be a strong one. So I am miserable <laughs> and I'm tired. So hooray. <laughs> and you're recording. You're in the future from me. I am one hour in the future. Actually, I'm a day in the future, technically. I know. you're. To- it's tomorrow <laughs> for you for compared to me. And thank you. Thank you to Kyle for uh, accommodating my terrible work schedule and recording very late for both of us. You know, it's one of those things that, and this is not a complaint by any means, but doing it, for us to do this podcast, it is a little challenging because since I work first shift and you work second shift, and then I typically need to get to bed so I can get up for, sh- you know, by the time you're done. It's a little challenging sometimes to get these at reasonable times. And tonight we're just not doing it at a reasonable time. Now we might have to start recording on Sundays and people have to <laughs> suck up the late news delays. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. But hey, I'm so <laughs> thankful that we could make it happen. And plus, this will be fun. Uh, it's going to be a late night podcast. And who knows? Maybe we'll be more streamlined and just fly through everything. Because we want to get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I still have to edit after this, so... I know, so we'll probably be going to bed around the same time. We probably will be. All right. <laughs> but with that in mind, we're going to just jump into things. And dear listener, we do truly appreciate you listening to us. So thank you so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff Josh posts over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash psvg, but the most important thing is just that you listen, and maybe share our show with someone else who may enjoy it as well, and we are also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games, and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. So, Josh, enough of the housekeeping. Let's get right to the games we've been playing. What have you been doing on your tabletop, sir? Well, I finally got... I'm I'm grabbing the box because I forget who made it. A game I kickstarted a while ago. If you follow Jamie Stegmeier of Stegmeier Games, you saw he played this recently, actually. Um, The game is called The Shipwreck Arcana, or Arcana, depending on your pronunciation that's by Marrowmorph games pardon me it's two to five players it says it plays in 20 minutes give or take 
Uh, definitely not with five players. Um, and it is described as a cooperative deduction card game of impending doom. And they're not wrong. You pay, you play with um, what I later found out are actually called Arcana cards, but I, I know them as tarot cards. Okay. Um, I'll, I'm going to post, I didn't post a picture to the Instagram yet because I didn't want to spoil how nice it looks for people before they listened. Uh, but the art is beautiful in this game. I do have uh, a, a Kickstarter, um, some Kickstarter-specific cards and an expansion in here as well. Uh, but I kind of tricked my wife. I was like, hey, we got to get a game played. And like, we'll just play it here on the couch. I'll bring a table out. It's quick. It says 20 minutes. <laughs> She's like, okay. It really is a true um, deduction-style game. Mm-hmm. And how this works is so we play two players. Uh, it definitely plays different at two players, um, like most games we play. Uh, maybe not designed for two, but made playable for two. Right. What you do is you you draw, you shuffle a deck of cards, um, and then each player picks a color. And each person's color, you, you're going to get these small tiles. They almost look they're about the size of a Scrabble tile. But they're definitely more artistic uh, as far as how they look. Um, and they're labeled one through seven. And you want to you line them up in order in front of you. And each player will do that with their colors. Then what you do on the table is you have... I should probably just pull it out so I know the, the correct names of these cards. Um, you have a card called the Hours, which is like your ticking countdown. And next to the Hours, you're going to lay out four face-up cards, and they each have different um, abilities, so to speak, uh, on them. On the reverse side of the card is an ability that you get from this card. And how you play is, you have a Doom counter, and you have your Cooperative counter. You're trying to get around the seven hours on this card. Uh, Literally, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The goal is... um, to well is not to die basically you're going to take these tiles which are numbered one through seven as well but there's 21 tiles so there's three of each number they go into a bag and at the start of your turn you draw blind two tokens you cannot show them to your i almost said opponent your teammates (laughs) so what you do is after you draw two cards you then you're going to look at your two tokens I'm going to look at the cards in the middle of the table. And these cards say very specific things. Um, one might, so I'm trying to think of an example. A card might say, um, play your, I forget the name, what they're called. I keep calling them tiles. We'll just call them that for the description. But say, so play one of your tiles if both your tiles add a, a equal an odd number. Or I might say, uh, if your one of your tiles is in between, is a number in between two of the visible tiles on the board, play that token here. Or if one of your cards, one of your tiles is higher uh, than the other, play the uh, higher card here, higher t- higher tile here on this card. So that's going to kind of give you your deduction aspect of the game. So. You don't know what their other tile is, but you do know that they had to meet 
specific placement goals or requirements to put their tile down on this card. So if if it said like if you have two tokens, place the lower token here and my wife placed a six, I know she has a seven. And then I would guess. You can you can make a guess on your turn. If you guess wrong, bad things happen. Also on these cards they have moon symbols on the bottom and those are um basically the timeline of the card if it has three moons it means once you go past three which are you have pips on your numbers I believe one through three have one pip uh four five and six might have two pips and seven has three i believe is how that works once you surpass the uh given timeline on the bottom of the card that card um transitions essentially fails and if that card fails you move the doom tracker up two tracks and basically the closer you once you get to seven the game's over so it was a rough start for us i'm probably i'm i'm sorry i'm I'm just really not feeling well so i'm probably not describing it very good no you're doing great but uh the first couple turns we didn't really get the hang of working with each other and talking to each other about how to to communicate this. And it must be so crazy with five players. But the reason why you have this board in front of you is peop, your, your teammates can ask you to flip over one of your tiles, almost like a memory. So if it's, if it's two players, it doesn't really work because there's six sixes in the bag, six sevens in the bag. So it's really hard to say, oh, flip over your six because I know you don't have that. Well, I don't know you don't have that because you might have two sixes. Uh, so unless there was like two sixes already on the board. But I also did notice the tiles don't stay out on the uh, on the cards very long because the cards go away so quickly. Uh, so it's really tricky. I really, I really, really enjoyed this game a lot because it it's very complex, even though it's a simple game. Like in theory, the game is very simple. It's it's mm-hmm. a one page front and back rule book. Um, it's very um, beautiful. You can even add or remove players on the fly. Like you could just come in and join the game, which I think is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's complex enough that a newbie or a, a seasoned like board gamer would enjoy this or card gamer. Um, we lost, but we 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 ended up having to catch up to losing um and we right. almost we almost won we 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 lost seven to five okay like so we almost caught up but it gets a little tricky when you start forgetting uh, or like my wife was like trying to give me hints she's like look at the cards on the table i'm like yeah i am <laughs> so i thought i was missing something <laughs> obvious and she just misunderstood one of the cards so okay it was just one of those funny things that happened um it's very small portable which I like, so you can kind of take it with you. Um, I'm assuming it must be in stores now uh, if Jamie's playing it, but uh, easy recommendation. Uh, fun, challenging, interesting. So was it a second Kickstarter of that game that you backed? Because didn't it originally come out two years ago or something? As far as I know, it's the first version of it, but that doesn't okay. mean that doesn't mean that it didn't come out earlier. It, it says 2017, so I'm going to guess that it's the first time it came out. Okay. Because I swear I remember seeing reviews and stuff for this game, but I backed a it a while ago. ago. Okay, 
Maybe it was review copies of the Kickstarter. That could be it, because I, I, and I, I feel like, you know, a year plus or so ago, I was seeing reviews of this game, and you're right, the graphic design on it is stunning. The art direction and, and how those cards are laid out and how everything looks, it's a really beautiful game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, uh, Yeah, and that's really what it, oh, like, I always say I like that Mondo art. It really mm-hmm. reminded me of that, that style of, of art. I'm going to see um, when I backed it to see if I can tell. No, not a problem. If it was uh, the first one. So, also, this seems like... It, it was a reprint. Really... It was a reprint? Okay. Yeah, it was a reprint. This seems like it would be a really great convention game. Especially since oh, yeah. it's cooperative. People can come in, just join the game as is. I know it doesn't play a ton. It's up to five, right, you said? Two to five, yeah. Yeah. This seems like a really awesome convention game or a game to get with, you know, that or family at holidays or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Especially... Like sitting in line, wait, like maybe waiting for a panel or something, you can just kind of bust this out and play with whoever's sitting next to you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to add it to my list because, yeah, this game, I thought when I saw it the first time, it was because of the graphic design. It's very, very stunning and unique art. It's something that there's really, you know, kind of like you said, that Mondo Uppers. There's not much that looks like it. And it's great that there's a nice game behind that really beautiful art yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Any other games you'd like to talk about? That's all I played, unfortunately. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to jump into a game you you have played before, and then a game I don't think you've played, but we'll find out, I guess. Uh, so, finally got Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle Defense Against the Dark Arts to the table. Goodness, that game was a mouthful. I, I can't believe that was the best name that they could come up with for it. I get why that's the name, because there's so much thematic tie-in to the other Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle game as far as how everything looks, how the cards work, everything seems very similar. Um, Josh talked about this game before. He talked about the mechanics and how it works. So I'm not necessarily going to go in-depth in all of that. But just as a brief reminder, it is a two-player competitive deck-building game. Uh, you each represent or pick a house from Harry Potter, which it doesn't really matter what house you pick no. <laughs> very much. It, I, I guess it kind of does because you get allies that are associated with that house. So... It can kind of matter a little bit, but ostensibly at the beginning, what house you are doesn't matter. It just kind of de- matters depending on what cards come up to purchase during the deck building part of it. And yeah, and then you just kind of start from there. You build your deck. You try to, you know, sling spells against your opponent and back them up. Um, if you fall off the board or off the sta- panel or stage three times, uh, you lose and the other person wins. You're just kind of trying to back them up. They're obviously building their deck, gaining back health, trying to stay up there, push you back. A nice, you know, Harry Potter version of Tug of War, if you would. Um, graphic design, everything else about this game fits in with Hogwarts Battle, which is it's a good-looking game. Uh, it doesn't do anything amazingly, but for the price of what you get, everything is very quality. The one thing I want to ask, though, Josh, is th- something that's unusual about this game is most of the cards are la- are portrait. But the ally cards are landscape. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice, <laughs> number one, my tendency was I would flip them the opposite way of what was considered up the, the correct way. So yeah. they would always have, like, on the back, the coat of arms would be upside down. Okay. So for me, I was like, <laughs> I, every time I was doing it, I was like, oh, I put that card the quote-unquote wrong way. So then when I would shuffle, because I would take all of my cards uh, and put them, and then I would shuffle. Yeah. And it, ju- it wasn't on purpose. It was just my natural tendency for the way I would put those cards. So they would be upside down. 
So when I was going through, when I was starting to draw, I was like, well, I know what card that is. So then I'd have to, <laughs> I got in the habit though of going through when I was shuffling and making sure everything was the correct way before I shuffled it by looking at the backs. But on your set, did you ever notice, is the back of the ally cards slightly different color than the back of the rest of the cards? I didn't notice, but I'll have to check because that, that would be interesting if that was the case. Because I'm pretty positive it is. I don't know that it's enough that you could really tell by just looking at the top of your deck. But when I held the card side by side, I could pick it out every time which one was an ally. Well, like they, maybe they printed them separately than the regular right. cards. Yeah. Exactly, since they are going the opposite direction. Um, so yeah, so again, play the partner in this game. She's a huge Harry Potter fan. Uh, she picked Ravenclaw. I picked Hufflepuff because, you know, Hufflepuff for the Winyos. Uh, I picked the frog as my starting creature, that my little ally to help me out. And uh, Josh, I feel like our game went really similar to your game. <laughs> but the opposite way? Oh, I crushed. I yeah, absolutely so the crushed other way around. In this game. Yeah, I absolutely destroyed. Uh, and I felt it was bad enough that I felt bad. So first round, I kind of, things went, for the first round of the game, things went back and forth pretty decently. But eventually I just kind of got this foothold and, and got this engine going and had, I think at one point, six or seven allies. Uh, yeah, that and, my wife did too. And then round two didn't take very long. long. <laughs> and then round three, I won on my second hand. Yeah, there's a problem with the balance in this game. So, um, yeah. And it would just end up by the end, of, my partner was not, she was having no fun. It wasn't yeah. any fun at all. Because... You know, I'm trying to explore the different ways this game plays and all the different things you can do. And one of the things in the game is you get hexes. And hexes, you have to, if they're in your hand, you have to resolve them immediately. And they are never good for you. There's never a hex that's like, woo, this is great. I'm going to do great now. Uh, and there were times where she would have, I think by the end of the game, she probably had eight, nine hexes in her deck. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it, and I felt bad, but I didn't want to not play the game. You know, and yeah. just start sandbagging things because she would have been even more upset then. Uh, but yeah, game three, literally my second hand, my second hand, it was done. Yeah. Um. So I, I do think there might be some balance issues here, and not that the. And did you watch the latest board game geek um, thoughts from? No. I don't oh, know what you're talking about. I didn't watch it. Though. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Why am I blanking on it? The tapestry one. No. Yes. With Watch It Played. I forgot Rodney. what the name was. There we go. With um, oh, Rodney. Uh, yeah, with Rodney Smith from Watch It Played. He does videos for Board Game Geek. He talked about balance and how we don't think about how we are unbalanced that in our skill levels and everything else we bring to games and that we're better at certain games than others. So when we lose, we tend to say that a game is unbalanced, but we're not accounting for our potential skill deficits in places. Yeah. Um. So actually, I had just watched that video and then played this game. And my partner goes, wow, this game is really unbalanced. And I, in my mind, I was, well, I just watched this video. But despite watching this video, I agree. I think this game yeah. is unbalanced. <laughs> I really think it is. Because if there was some sort of, and we were having this conversation of maybe a house rule that if you lose the first round or anytime you lose, maybe it makes sense that that player, since they get to pick whether they start or go second, yeah. there's no benefit to going second. Right. So you might as well start, but maybe there should be, if you lose, maybe you start with six cards in your hand or seven cards in your hand because from a thematic standpoint, your teacher pulled you aside and said, <laughs> hey, yo, remember these things too. 
So you have this little extra boost of knowledge before you start the second round because of this conversation your teacher had with you. Right. You know, so I think there's a thematic way you could do that, and that might balance it out a little better because, oh, and some of those cards are so powerful. Yeah. So powerful that if you're the person who gets it once or twice playing them, and that's, that's just it. It's done. Yeah. So I don't know if this game will ever get played again. <laughs> she had such a bad time with it. I, of course, didn't think it was that bad because I obviously won, but I know she didn't have any fun playing it, so I do think if this game is going to get played, it's going to get played with someone else because I, I really don't know what could potentially happen that she would ever want to play this game again. I mean, I got crushed, but I still had fun when I was playing it, but I definitely understand her side of it as well because... That game does that definitely has this uh like tsunami effect. Like yeah. it just kinda hits you all at once and you really can't get out from underneath it. It it very much has the rich get richer mentality yeah. with it. Yep. Uh you know, people still relate to video games if you're playing Call of Duty and someone gets kill streaks. It's hey, I'm winning real good, so now I get even better things yeah. to win more with. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like a little bit when playing that game. But that is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle Defense Against the Dark Arts. Production-wise, good game. I, I do I had fun playing it, but obviously my experience was a little bit different than my partner's as she did not like it at all. Um, so I think if you're a fan of Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, it's worth a look. It's not very expensive. Uh, just know that the game can be extremely swingy. So something to just kind of be aware of when you're sitting down to play it. Um, the other game that we got to the table was Forbidden Sky. Have you played this yet, Josh? I haven't. Um, I really want to play it, but we just haven't made the time for it yet. Okay, but you do have it yet? Yeah, we got it when it was like super cheap at Barnes & Noble or something. Oh, Amazon. Yep. Yeah, I think that is when I got yeah, it as well, when it was ago. extremely cheap on Amazon. Uh, finally got to this to the table. If you're not familiar, listener, Forbidden Sky is the third game in the Forbidden series, if you would, there was Forbidden Island and then Forbidden Desert. This is Forbidden Sky, which came out last year, designed by Matt Leacock, uh, published by Game Right. Uh, not in the same universe as Forbidden Stars, which is a Warhammer game, I'm pretty positive, and not in any way associated with these, this series. Uh, but it came out in that ballpark somewhere in there. Forbidden yeah. Stars came out too. So not the same group of games. But this is a cooperative game uh and each one in the series has gotten a bit more complex so forbidden uh, island the first one pretty straightforward game of trying to get off of an island that's sinking forbidden desert trying to get out of a desert that's having a sandstorm forbidden sky you are trying to basically create a circuit so that your rocket can take off and it is this game's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> uh, played it four times. Oh, boy. I've never won. <laughs> and came close to winning three of the times within a turn of winning. And then oh, no. something would happen. But long and short of it, on the game, it's like all the other Forbidden games. So that on your turn, each player, has, each person who's playing the game has a character. These characters have variable powers. Sometimes they can... in. The, they can take extra moves, they can carry extra supplies, they can heal, they can do all these different things that might be helpful for your team. But on your turn, you get to do four actions. You can move, which would be moving to a new tile. You can uh, explore, I can't remember exactly how they word this, but one of them 
actions lets you take a tile off the stack of tiles that are face down. So you get to take a tile and put it in your inventory. Uh, another action is to place a tile onto the board adjacent to where you are. And the fourth action you could do is build a wire. So those are the, the, that's it. That's all you can do is one of those four things. Move, take a tile off the stack, place a tile adjacent to you, or build a wire. That's it. But what you're trying to do is work your way through this stack because in order to win, you have to find the launch platform, which is four car or four tiles that have to go together. Then you'd place the platform on it. But you also have to create a circuit, a literal circuit, that is going to allow the rocket ship to take off. So depending on the difficulty that you play with, depends on how exactly you have to build this. But you have basically large conductors, small conductors, and then these lightning rods. And depending on how difficult you're playing, depends on how many of each of these you need connected in the circuit in order to launch the rocket for you to take off in it. But the way you build these is that the tiles you're flipping over and putting into your inventory have circuits on them, or they have wires on them, and they also have uh, half circles or quarter circles for the circuits um, that you're trying to build. And you don't know, though, what tiles you're going to get when, and how these are all going to necessarily the way out, and all that other good stuff. So you're trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to try to build this board, because there's nothing else in front of you other than like four little starting tiles. How are you going, how are we going to build this board in order to create all the circuits that we need to get all the lightning rods that we need to to build this circuit around the launch pad. In addition to that, there's a storm going on because it's a forbidden game. So, of course, there's a yeah. storm. <laughs> and when the storm happens, if the wind could blow, and if the wind blows hard enough in the direction that it could blow you off the... Because you're in the sky, forbidden sky. That it would blow you off the one of the platforms... You have a rope card that is slowly counting down, and once you run out of rope, you die. <laughs> if you run out of rope, the game's over. Uh, if uh, a lightning strike could happen, and when a lightning strike happens, it strikes all the lightning rods that are there, and anything connected to a lightning rod by a wire, either one you placed or one that is on the cards, you lose health. If you lose all of your health, you die. So there's all these ways, and you're flipping over multiple cards of these each turn, and you can only hold three of the car of the tiles that build the platform in your inventory at any one time that's the, all you can have so you have a stack of 30 some of these tiles you're trying to get through to be able to place all of these things out and then it has to be a circle going around and there's all the rules about t wires touching so many things and all of the wires are only so long so they can't necessarily be super far away so you're trying to like build all this stuff but you don't know where it's all going to go and you're dealing with the wind and you're dealing with the lightning. It's a really hard game, Josh. It sounds complicated. And I think that two is a very complicated way to play it. The advantage to two players in any of these forbidden games is always you have less quote unquote bad stuff, right? Because you're flipping over the cards that, you know, increase the number of cards you need to flip over or give you lightning strikes or give you high winds. When you only have two people, that's less of those ostensibly you're having to deal with before you get to go again. Sure. But the advantage to having four people, three or four people in this game, excuse me, is those darn tiles you need to build the board. You have, if you have four people, you have twice as many of those that you can see. Yeah. 
So it's kind of that catch-22 of, okay, well, with one, we're going to have to deal with more bad stuff more quickly. But the other way, like, we're kind of building this board blind and hoping that we're generally going to get the tiles we need when we need them based off how we started to build this board so we can complete this circuit. Now, I will say, the components are kind of cool because once you build the circuit, the rocket actually does take off. It does, like, a takeoff sound effect yeah. which is kind of cool <laughs> like, that's kind of a neat it's a little gimmicky but it's pretty neat when you did it we did it just to see if it would work that way we've never officially earned it so i don't fully feel gratified <laughs> by it yet but it's kind of cool that they've done that and it very much makes it you have to complete a legitimate circuit for it to happen if you have too many connectors on a on one of the platforms it won't work if you don't connect each side of the of the um takeoff platform it's not going to work so there's a lot of cool things built into it I think I have some family visiting this weekend. We might give this a try with four players and see how it goes. But as far as the Forbidden Games go, it is definitely the most challenging. It is definitely the most frustrating of them. But it's still, if you've enjoyed the other two, I think worth a play, especially with how inexpensive the game has gotten. Uh, it's going to challenge you. It's going to make you think. I think there are definitely better combinations of characters uh, for playing the game, because there's a, I think there's eight different characters you can be with different powers. But yeah, it's definitely a a crank up in intensity compared to Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert. But I still think worth a play. Uh, hopefully, next time we talk about games, I'll be able to say we won this game. But at this point, we have not <laughs> won this game, nor have we gotten necessarily close to winning this game. We have, but I just felt like even though we were close... It was one of those, oh, one more turn, but we were never going to get one more turn. Yeah. You know, the card count just was not going to work out. So it was like, yeah, you're close, but that was never going to happen. <laughs> so, but that's Forbidden Sky. Like I said, if you've played the other ones, definitely a recommend. It's going to be a little more challenging. Uh, but if, you know, the price has gotten pretty good on it, the production value is pretty solid. And it's not in a tin. It's actually in a box. Yeah. Uh, so if you're, <laughs> if you don't want them to look different from the other two, I guess I'm sorry. Uh, but it's, I prefer non-tins because tins dent. So, it's yeah, true. those are the games I have been playing on my tabletop. Josh, what have you been playing on your television, sir? Well, quite a bit, actually. Um, we talked about Borderlands 3, right? Very little. We bar- we brushed the surface of Borderlands 3. Okay, so I've been playing Borderlands 3 uh, fairly consistently. I'm having fun. I'm not as far as you um, because I haven't had a lot of time. But Josh, you're the Borderlands fan out of the two of us. Uh, yeah, you should be way farther than I, I am. Know, if only I could take a break from life and just play Borderlands like I used to when Borderlands 2 came out. <laughs> uh, that's, how, that's how long it's been since we had a Borderlands <laughs> game. Your life has changed that drastically since then. It really has. When Borderlands 2 came out, I took the day off from work and I went to my buddy's house and we spent... 18 hours playing it together. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Uh, no, no, indeed. But I'm enjoying it. Um, it's more Borderlands, like, I, like I've said before. Um, I really enjoy it. So, yeah, Borderlands 3. I still can't use that gun that you gave me. I'm not even high enough level. Oh, really? So, it's sitting there. I'm waiting, waiting to use it. Um, I'm playing uh, Link's Awakening. Real quick, yeah. before we move on from Borderlands 3. So I'm looking, I looked it up here really briefly. Josh, how many hours of Borderlands 3 do you think you've played? Oh, not that many. Uh, less than 10. According to the Xbox, according to your achievements, you've played 11 hours. Really? Oh, that's surprising. Yeah. Okay. How many hours do you think I've played? 25. 
29 hours, yeah, see, Josh. That's pretty close. <laughs> that is pretty close. Josh, you're supposed to be the Borderlands fan. Listen, you want to take my kid for a week? Yeah, sh- <laughs> ship him out of here. That's totally fine. Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, how old do you have to be to fly by yourself? It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Okay, so I've been playing Link's Awakening uh, as well. I put a lot of time into Link's Awakening, actually. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying not knowing what I'm doing since I haven't played the previous version. So, like, I'm enjoying uh, exploring the map and running into places I I can't get into yet and um, and eventually getting strong enough to do certain things I couldn't do before. So, um, you know, it's the link to the past for me. Like, it's what I miss about that game. How far are you? What dungeon? Um, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the desert area now. Okay. So I just did whatever dungeon. I just did the swamp one, maybe, or the one after swamp. Yeah, I think the one after swamp. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, with the shy guys. Yeah. Okay. Whatever dungeon that one was. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying that. Um, speaking of Arcana, I I booted up Sayonara Wild Hearts on the Switch, mm. which is a game I got and. And it was pretty funny because it the game starts off with Arcana cards. And I told my wife, I'm like, we literally just finished Star- <laughs> uh, Shipwreck Arcana. I'm like, wait a second. Now there's even more Arcana going on. And they use the same cards. Um, I know that this isn't uh, necessarily a unique, wholly unique game. But for me, I've never played a game like this before. Uh, I didn't play Res. I heard it's like a, a similar, similar to Res. Mm-hmm. Uh, very beautiful, very um, 80s pop electronic type of music. Um, uh, it, it's just very cool. I, I, I played it for maybe uh, 30 to 45 minutes. So I got like that far into the game. Um, it was very enjoyable. Uh, I would say I don't even want to try to describe it. I would tell people to like check out a video on YouTube of it just to see if it's a style that you would like. It's like what neon, uh, yeah. um, temple run ish type of levels, button mashing, like, uh, like there's like real time events, like hit this button at a certain time, right? Uh, go in these lanes to collect hearts as you're like, it's kind of running through the level. Almost, yeah. It's almost like an infinite runner. Yeah. Yeah. Something similar to that, but it doesn't feel like, as generic as that might sound to people, right, right, it's right. Unique. It's very, it's very crafted. Yes, for sure. And part of me, while I mute my mic, while I blow my nose, and there was no pause in between there. So continuing. Uh, also on the switch, I played some Castle Crashers, which is a game I have previously played through multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've owned the merch. I've loved the games. <laughs> uh, so, But, you know, the guys, the Nintendo Shack fans and people uh, decided to, to grab this game on the Switch. So I was like, yeah, I mean, it's a good price. It's still a great game. It's still fun. Um, and I, probably, I only played it by myself when I played it originally. So it's nice to play with other people. Now, if you're not familiar with Castle Crashers, it is a side-scroller beat-em-up with a twisted sense of humor and unique bad guys and levels. Uh, I will say the flaw 
I played with uh, Donnie and uh, one of, and um, and one of our listeners in, in our Discord. Um, if you don't all start at the same level, uh, it, it can be a problem. So I was starting with a level one, mm-hmm. and Donnie uh, was like, I don't, I don't know. The, the other two were way higher level than me, so I was essentially doing nothing. I was not gotcha. contributing to any damage. So I, I, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have fun playing with them in the aspect of I wasn't in voice chat with them, so I wasn't enjoying any like comedic aspect that we would be sharing together. Um, and I just felt like I was in the way; I was not contributing. You weren't using the Switch's robust voice chat system. No, 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 no. I couldn't use voice chat in that instance just because um, I couldn't be loud at the time we were playing. But, uh, yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, they had fun, which is great. Um, I enjoy playing with people when I can, but if you're going to play Castle Crashers with people uh, online, make sure you're the same level. That's what I would recommend, at least. Uh, so so you, don't, you don't put someone in a position where they're a hindrance or they're just not having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be what I would say. Uh, and then Apex Legends, Season 3. That's a game. Season 3 is out. I played a good, solid, hearty hour of it today. Um, but I see that... How many wins did you get? Uh, five or six. In that hour? Nice work. In the nice hour, work. yeah. Uh, so, it's a new map. It's a new world, uh, essentially. Or is, they're calling it a planet, I believe. So, to clarify, because I haven't played Apex yeah. or at, at all Season 3, is it only this new map, or can you pick between the two? Right now, it's only this new map. I have heard okay. that they're going to put... Uh, King's Landing into King's Landing, King's Canyon into rotation. <laughs> That'd be awesome if it was King's Landing. <laughs> uh, so, but but I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. Um, uh, but it's super cool. They've added a lot of layers to this map. In fact, there's buildings that have eight different floors in one building, which is very mm. fun and interesting. Uh, it makes makes it really uh, good for loot. So you don't you mm-hmm. don't feel like if you're spotting somewhere you can't get loot. Uh, there definitely are places on the map that you might just be sol if you land somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it has this train that's constantly moving around the map. Uh, you have uh, volcano lava areas. You have ice areas. Uh, you have a geyser. Everything's pretty. Everything's colorful. And, uh, yeah, it's just super fun. Uh, I'm glad to be back into it and, and having a good time. And that's, gotcha. those are all the games that I've been playing. <laughs> it's kind of mind blowing to think that respawn has that game. They have their star Wars game and then they have the recently announced, uh, medal of honor VR game yeah. that's coming out in spring. They had a lot going on from that studio right now. Good for them. I'm, such a, I'm a big fan. So that is very good for them. All right, Josh, so here's the big question that we all need to, need to know the oh, answer to. Yes. So, <laughs> I see you where know, this is going. where do you think this is going? It's The Last of Us. It is about <laughs> The Last of Us. It's like you know me at this point after 100 plus episodes. So, Donnie had encouraged people to play The Last of Us because it's out on PS Plus now. We, I mean, we had it anyway. But you have never played The Last of Us. That's correct. And The Last of Us Part 2 comes out in a few months at this point. It's October. It's spooky month. Would you call it The Last of Us spooky? 
there are... Or are you just trying tense... to push it on me? <laughs> no, there are tense <laughs> moments in The Last of Us. I would say there are tense moments. Okay. I don't know that I'd call it spooky. Uh, are we going to play The Last of Us this month? Well, listen, if Coach Mo goes out of his way to tell me to play a PlayStation game, I know something's wrong with the world. Uh, <laughs> or right with the or world. Or right with the world. Uh, so, Coach told me I need to play the prequel first. Do you, do you agree to that? I preferred playing it after. Sure. But that's also because that's how I experienced it. Would I so, benefit from playing that before the game? I, I, I think... I think playing The Last of Us... Wait, are we talking the prequel before you play 2? Or just the prequel before you play the main game? He says I should play the, the prequel before I play the main game. The first game. I, like I said, I didn't experience it that order. Yeah. That's not the way it happened. I like playing the first game and then playing um, Left Behind yeah. afterwards. Is what I prefer. But again, that's the way I experienced it. So I like the impact that had on me. Sure. You could try it the other way. I think it's going to... It is going to clear some things up about some characters a little more before you start the main, the the Last of Us, but I think finding out that filling in that backstory later, I th- I preferred that. So backstory. I think it would be better if I played played it the way they were released. I think okay. so. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll play this game. There's so many games in October, though. I just uh, I'll I'll commit to starting it in October. Okay. Because I don't know what we'll be playing next week or the week after. We have Call of Duty and I. So That's I, the end of I don't month. know if I'm getting um, uh, Ghost Recon, which will be this week. Um, so I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't want to com- like let people down, so I'll commit to play starting it. Uh, if we, we the two of us, we can kind of figure it out off of air. Uh, if you want to replay it with me, if you are playing it at the same time, I'm I will I will commit to playing it. Okay. exclusively okay um so we'll figure something out yeah because i would be totally down with playing it again so we can definitely do that all right i'll jump on to the things that i've been playing uh kind of wrapping things up or i did play the second weekend if you would of the call of duty modern warfare multiplayer beta the one that was open to everyone uh and it was interesting playing you know, on PlayStation and seeing all the other systems populate when it was going into multiplayer matchmaking. That was kind of a neat thing to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I overall had a really good time with the beta as far as I felt the game felt good. There are a lot of... I was kind of surfing around and checking out online message boards and Reddit and stuff. And in general, this seemed like people were having a great time. And maybe that was just the hardest of the hardcore, I don't know. But I'm clearly not that person anymore. <laughs> I had fun. I, I felt that the game felt good. One of the maps is pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, and I think that makes everyone nervous for what the other maps might be. That if this is kind of the supposed to be the creme de la creme to get people excited about the game. Uh, one of the maps was pretty rough, for sure. But... They did make some changes. They made some changes with the radar and stuff, which I couldn't exactly pick up on what the change was, but some people were happy about it. Some people were very not happy about it. Um, yeah, but I, I, I'm i still... It still feels like Call of Duty, and every once in a while it's just a game I want to play. So I, I'm very interested in the campaign. Obviously, that got revealed during the state of play at the end of the month. Uh, the campaign, I think, looks very interesting and very beautiful. Yes. Uh, the Definitely a tech powerhouse for sure. 
So I think this will end up being a game I end up playing at the end of October. We'll have to wait and see for certain, but I'm pretty positive I'm in on this one. Um, but not much more to add about the multiplayer beta. Felt more of the same. Still felt good. Um, they did have their large-scale battles. I can't remember what they call it. Ground War. Or maybe that's what the battlefield name is. I don't remember. <laughs> but the huge group battles. Uh, and that, I will say, was hectic as all get-up. Yeah. It was. And the spawn system in it was really rough. Uh, spawning in places that tells you you weren't in combat and just dying instantly. Oh, boy. L- spawning into just instant death. <laughs> um, so they needs to be, do a little bit of work there. But, yeah, those modes were very, very hectic. Um, uh, maybe the maps are really big, but the points were, or all of the parts where the points were, were extremely tight and compact. And, obviously, you're just running basically from point to point to point. So it'd be really intense firefight run for nothingness because not a ton of snipers yet. And then you get to another place that's really, really hectic and then run to nothingness and then get to a place that's really hectic. So it was kind of all of these moments of nothing happening between very hectic moments. So it was good. I don't know if I'd say it was great. I don't know how likely it would be to play that mode uh, unless they do some tweaks to it. But yeah, still looking forward to Call of Duty. Uh, Borderlands 3. Uh, we talked about it very briefly. I am quite a bit, obviously, further along than Josh is. I think I'm level 32 or 33 right Oof. now. Uh, so, got the grind going. I will say the first 20 levels or so of my character leveling were great. Next five, six, or seven <laughs> weren't too bad. I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to feel the grind a little bit. Sure. Uh, I'm kind of getting to the point where I want the game to be done. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm thirty about 30 hours in. Uh, I'm still enjoying it. I think the problem I'm running into, and I don't feel like this was as much of a problem in Borderlands 2, maybe it was. I have, number one, it's very rare that I get a gun worth anything anymore. Everything that I get, even when fighting higher level enemies or bosses, the chances are good that I'm going to get a whole bunch of stuff that is just completely worthless or not as good as what I currently have. Um, I am currently the highest like weapon score or whatever you want to look at that I'm using for a gun right now is like 360 something. Yeah. But I'm still using two legendary weapons that one's like a 302 and one's like a 309. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're just so darn good. And you, they, the stats on them are worse than a lot of other guns that I'm getting, but just time to kill is so much faster because of their ridiculous abilities that they have that I feel like it's going to take so much to get a gun better than this thing. And so I'm using this pistol that's really <laughs> low. It's like it's the selling value of it is nine hundred dollars or something. Yeah. Whereas I'm picking up pistols that are selling for sixteen, eighteen hundred dollars, and I'm just dumping them. Yep. So I also the thing that's frustrating is I've hit the point where um, on your inventory, which number one, my goodness, do those inventory screens load slowly now? I don't know what happened. It used to be pretty snappy. But now when I go into my menu, it ta- it like freezes for a second every time I get there, which is kind of annoying. But there's that bottom right-hand corner, which is a modifier of some time kind that I can't use yet. And I have seven <laughs> or eight things for it, but I don't exactly know how they work. So I don't want to get rid of any of them. So that's kind of annoying. <laughs> But I, so now I'm like just doing story missions because I want to get to the point where I can use this darn thing. And I think the other thing that's kind of a grind for me at this point is I just finished a story mission. 
um, before we came to record, and it was basically go talk to this person. So I'm like, okay. So I go travel to a new part of a planet that I've been on the planet, but I haven't been to this part of the planet. So you go through the little load thing. And then that area I went to was huge, just massive. And the person was way on the other side of it. <laughs> uh, like, I'm like, I gotta go fight through all these people and things. And I'm level 32. And then it's all these stupid animals that are level 25. So I'm just running. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't even care. Like this isn't going to give me any experience. Yeah. So I'm just running through this stuff. So I, I definitely am feeling that grind at this point. I, I, I want to see it through. Uh, we're getting close to some other games coming out that I want to play. And I will be honest, my anticipation level for Borderlands 3 is I was excited it was coming out. I figured I'd play through it, and then I would start another character and maybe play it through co-op. At this point, I just want to get this game done. <laughs> I think, so. like, something that Borderlands 2 did for me, it, like, I feel, I understand what you're feeling. Uh, I, like, for me, Borderlands 2 was a game I could just pick up. Like, I didn't mind putting it down. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a game I, I, I don't know that I'll that I will or won't feel the same about Borderlands 3. But I didn't have a problem, like, not playing Borderlands 2 for a couple weeks and then going back to it. I mean, obviously, we're a different scale of other games that are out, but um, I think that was one of the things that I enjoyed about Borderlands 2 was, like, just come back for the expansion, do that, go do other games, next DLC comes out. Like, so you might beat it before I even get close to beating it because... I'll probably just keep putting it down and picking it up. Yeah, and I think for me, I'm at that point where if I if I put it down, I don't know if I'll pick it up again. Yeah, and that's my worry, and that's kind of why I want to. And I know some people would just say, "Well, put it down." Then I'm not. It's not like I'm not having fun. I'm still having fun, but the grind is starting to get there now. Yeah. It's starting to feel a bit like a grind, which in some games I don't mind, and in this game I don't mind. I think just that loop, that loop, and that reward that you're supposed to get. It's just happening so much less often now where I'm getting a gun that I'm excited about or a new toy to play with that's that's really awesome. That's just happening so much less often now. Um, it, it makes it a little harder. And like I just beat a boss and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And everything they dropped was just crap. And I was like, oh, come <laughs> on. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is so disappointing. So. But like I said, I think I'm making pretty good progress. I don't I think the level cap is 50. Oh, I'm I not think. sure. Yeah. I think the level cap is 50, but I am assuming that I will not reach that before I reach the end of the game. You shouldn't. Would be my guess. Yeah. I don't I don't know for certain. Um, but we'll see. So I'm going to keep plugging away at that. Uh, switching gears a little bit, I also started Link's Awakening. Here's what I want to say about Link's Awakening. Number one, I agree with uh, Big Daddy Donnie Reese that that smudginess on the edge of the screen, I don't like it. I haven't it even noticed me. it. Uh, I really, it really bothers me. I don't like it. In fact, all. I looked for it and I still didn't see it. Like I was <laughs> I like, what? There. I was like, what is he seeing? <laughs> it is there. Promise it's there. Number two, the frame rate dips that happen are annoying. They're not the end of the world. I've noticed them a little bit, but they are kind of annoying when they happen. With all that being said, oh, it's a $60 game for a game that will probably be a dozen hours when that's all said and done. With all that being said, my goodness, am I having a good time yeah. playing this game. <laughs> I This is what Zelda is to me. Yep. Link's Awakening, Link to the Past, these types of games are what Zelda is to me. And w- when I'm playing, 
I have that sense of nostalgia. I did play this game way, way back in the day, so I don't really remember much of anything. Uh, I kind of remember... I've been keeping up with the trading part, but other than that, I, I, like, I don't remember a whole lot of the other things. Like, I remembered I had to do this trading, and I kind of remember how it goes, but I don't... Most of this is... I'm not getting by based off of how I played it before. We'll say that. Uh, but the game is very pretty. It's very cute to look at. The How they did the art is, is great. The music is pretty solid. Uh, I am just having a great time muddling my way through this game again. And, you know, this is one of those games that it was a $60 nostalgia investment. And I'm really glad that I did it because I'm having a great time with this game. All the problems it has, all of those things, I don't care. I'm having a really good time with Link's Awakening. Uh, this is the most, and I haven't even put all that much time into it yet. I think I'm on the third dungeon, fourth dungeon, one of the two right now. Um, I just, yeah, this is the thing that makes me want to put that, play my Switch. This is the game that when I go to play Borderlands, I'm like, well, I could just be playing Link's Awakening yeah. <laughs> instead. Um, but, well, so we'll see what happens there. But I'm really enjoying it. I, I don't know if this will be a game that will be in my top five kind of a game of, at the end of the year. Uh, definitely top 10. It might squeeze into my top five because I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Um, and it's a nice little nostalgia trip there. Briefly then, I want to talk about a thing that I did that kind of surprised me that I did. Uh, Apple released their little Apple Arcade. Yeah. I have an iPhone. First month is free. So I said, why not? Let's try Apple Arcade. And let me tell you, for the price of free for the one month at least, it's a nice little, this is a nice little service. It's really not too bad. There's some really good games on it. Um, a couple of the games that I've been playing, and we'll see. I probably will stick with it for at least a month or two to kind of see how it goes based off of how much fun I'm having thus far. Uh, I'm playing a game called Wind Cards Fall. Uh, this isn't a game that's getting a ton, ton of press from those talking about Apple Arcade, but it's definitely one of in the top, that like number 10-ish position that people talk about. It is a puzzle game that... <sighs> The best thing I can equate it to is kind of like a Hitman Go or a Lara Croft Go, but there's no killing in it or anything. But basically what you're doing is you have a little character on the screen that you have to get from one side to the other side, and you have these decks of cards that are sitting on the screen, and that when you pinch them, the decks of cards collapse. When you pull them apart, the decks of cards expand and like build a platform. So it's just trying to get this person from where they are to the other side of the screen, just expanding and, contra and contracting those decks of cards. Uh... It's the it's a nice game to look at, um, not super complicated so far. Kind of ha nice little way to spend a few minutes here and there, um, while I'm just you know waiting for whatever I might be waiting for. So when cards fall, if you like a nice little strategy game, nice little puzzle game, I think I would definitely recommend it. Uh, the game though that has taken way more of my time than it should have uh, is a game called Grindstone. Uh, Grindstone is a game from Cappy, the people who made Below and Super Time Force and all that good stuff. This is ostensibly a match three game, but it has no microtransactions or anything like that that you need to worry about because nothing in Apple Arcade does. Uh, but you are like a Viking type guy and you get a screen and you are just matching, creating lines of however many matching items you can. And then he chops them all up and you're trying to get chop enough of them that you can exit the level that you can eventually ideally open a chest and that you can also take out basically what is ostensibly like a king. Um, and that's kind of how you get your quote-unquote three stars is accomplishing all three of those tasks. Though you only have to get the one star of opening the door to be able to leave. 
Um, but then that's kind of how you get the three stars. You can get power-ups that give you special abilities to take out larger groups of enemies that may be and all that good stuff. But if you connect a group of 10 things or more in a row, you get a grindstone. The grindstone allows you when you go over it to switch the colors of the characters you're attacking. Um, and that's it. That's all you do. You're just drawing lines and chopping dudes down. And my goodness, this game has kept me up far later than it should. <laughs> this is the game that is killing my phone battery right now. I don't understand how games like this are so darn addictive, but grindstone is a great time. Uh, definitely worth the price of admission, and it's really cool to play a game like this that you could see being absolutely laden with microtransactions to, hey, you've run out of energy, or you've run out of what grindstones, or you've run out of whatever. If you run out of grindstones, because you do have a health bar, and you do lose health, and if you lose health, you lose a level, and then you have to pay grindstones to go back and get a drink to, like, refill your, uh, hearts. If you run out of grindstones, just go to an easier level and grind a whole bunch of grindstones, and then you can continue on. So you can see, though, if this was had microtransactions, pay us X number of dollars for grindstones so that you can get a drink and continue on and all that other good stuff. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying Grindstone. It is a lot, a lot of fun. Um, but that is a little bit about Apple Arcade. I'll probably be talking about it for the next month or two, just kind of the little games I've been playing there. But so far, easily worth the price of admission. Nice little service. Uh, I do want to play Sayonara Wild Hearts on there. But I was kind of hoping to play that on a bigger screen. Yeah. And... So, and I do have an older Apple TV. I don't know if it'll update to 13, though. So, I'll have to wait and see if I can do that or not. So, that is that. Should we move on to our topic of the show, Josh? Sounds like a good idea. All right. We'll keep trucking along here. Topic of the show. Dear listener, the 37th Golden Joystick Awards are now open for voting. Uh, These are the longest-running publicly voted video game awards that are done. And it's done with Games Radar, and the winners will be announced on November 15th. And it looks back over the previous 12 months of video games and and does their awards based off of that. So, since anyone could vote, I thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and submit some votes for Yield Board with Video Games. So, we're just going to go through the categories, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to submit votes for us. Sound like a plan, Josh? Sounds good to me. All right, so we're just going to jump right into this. First category is Best Storytelling. So Best Storytelling, they say, celebrates everything games do to make us laugh, cry, punch the air, and sometimes, every so often, think. So the nominees are Control, Days Gone, Eliza, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Metro Exodus, (laughs) Mortal Kombat 11, Observation, Outer Wilds, Sunless Skies, and Telling Lies. Hey, I like the Those story of the... Mortal Kombat 11. I know you do, but I have one huge problem with it, which we don't need <laughs> to get into again. But, Josh, with those, as our nominees, I feel like I know what's going to stick out to you as far as best, as far as storytelling goes. Metro Exodus. Or? <laughs> oh, sorry. Sunless Skies from Fall Better Games. Oh, it's Fail Better. No, it's control, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and I would agree with that. This is a pretty diverse list of types of games on here, too. I'm kind of surprised Days Gone is on there. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, you would I pick thought... Control over Days Gone? I would pick Control over Days Gone. I really like Days Gone, obviously, but I think Control still, out of this list, I haven't played Eliza yet. I really want to, um, so that's up there. Same with Telling Lies. That is another game I would like to play that I haven't had the opportunity to yet. But out of this list, I think Control... Uh, definitely would be the game I would vote for 
And I know that's a big one for you. So is that what we're going with? Going with control? Sounds good to me. Perfect. All right. Moving on. Best multiplayer game. Uh-huh. Apex Legends. Borderlands 3. FIFA 20. Mortal Kombat 11. Red Dead Online. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Tetris 99. The Dark Pictures. Man of Medan. The Division 2. E-Football Pez 2020. So, Josh, a couple of these games we've played together. Correct. Uh, some of these games I have played not with you. Yes. If you were going to vote from this lineup, uh-huh. what would you vote for? My vote would go to Apex Legends. Why Apex Legends? Um, it's just, well, I mean, it's purely multiplayer. You're only playing against other people. Um, it's just a game that's really, like, captured a lot. Of my time. Probably not since Destiny do I feel like there's a game that I can just actively just play. And I could play this today and probably feel just as good if I play it four months from now. At least with its track record. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that I could say that about all of these other games. Um, the Division 2 would be a close second for me and then Smash Brothers at 3. But um, Smash Brothers has just kind of devolved into that game that people just own. Right. I hear you there. I'm really sad that our time with the Dark Pictures Man of Medan did not sway you to pick that as your <laughs> I had a great time. multiplayer game. I had a great time playing it. If it was like, which of these games did you have the best time playing? I might pick that. But I don't gotcha. think that it's the best of them all listed. Of the games listed, though, I'd also agree with you. I think Apex definitely takes the cake here. Even though, it's the, obviously, I'm not a huge Battle Royale fan. If I am going to play one, Apex is the one I want to play. It's the one I have installed on both of my systems. Um, So, yeah, I think Apex is a good one. And it's a feel-good pick, too, right? Respawn, we talked about they've been doing a lot and working on a lot of stuff. Yep. You know, it's free to play with maybe some kind of expensive microtransactions, but definitely nothing you need to do because it's just cosmetic. Uh, So, Apex Legends, I agree with that. Apex Legends gets the vote. All right. Best game expansion. I haven't looked at any of this stuff ahead of time, so we'll see how much we can talk about. Okay. Best game expansion. This category recognizes long-running online games that have introduced a significant update or DLC pack in the last 12 months, which has significantly enhanced the experience. And our the nominees are Civilization VI Gathering Storm, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers, I wonder if they bring them to the keep. Forza Horizon 4 LEGO Speed Champions. GTA Online Diamond Casino Update. Monster Hunter World Iceborne. No Man's Sky Beyond. Sea of Thieves Anniversary Update. The Elder Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere. And Warframe Epirian? Epirian. Epirian. Empyrean. We'll go with that. Warframe Empyrean. Josh, I'm not going to lie. I have played none of these. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I know what you're going to vote for. Uh Uh-huh. You do. Which is going to be Forza Horizon 4 LEGO Speed Champions, correct? That is correct. Have you played any of these other than that? Uh, I... No, I haven't played No Man's Sky Beyond, although I played No Man's Sky Next, if that counts. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I will play Destiny 2 Shadowkeep on Stadia, but 
I won't. I don't have it now. So no, I haven't played any of the other ones. It is really interesting that that one's was nominated or put it to be nominated before out. it was even yeah before it was even out <laughs> because you could vote before this sure and it was there so that's very odd to me. Uh, but yes, we will then vote for Lego for Forza Horizon Four Lego Speed awesome. Champion. <laughs> All right, here we go. Best visual design. Visual design means more than simple graphical fidelity. The award celebrates strong art direction and striking creative choices. And the nominees are 1111 Memories Retold, Ape Out, Control, Devil May Cry 5, Gris or Grease, depending on who you talk to, Kingdom Hearts 3, Metro Exodus, Outer Wilds, Sayonara Wild Hearts, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. So Josh, with this in mind, and having just recently played a couple of these... yeah. Uh, what, what, where was your heart lying? Um, I mean, any, either of these two would be good control or devil may cry five. I think both fit in that category. I would mm-hmm. like to say Sayonara wild hearts, but when you read more of the description of what they consider, um, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know that for me that it met the, um, the full description of best visual design. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I'm trying to kind of decide because I, I didn't play Ape Out, but I actually watched some videos of it because I know people were really excited about that game. And that game does have a very cool style. The art direction in it, I think, is very good, even from not having played it and just watching videos of it. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts is definitely striking, but I think if I was going to vote, I would pick Control because I do think that that game... And this, man, I mean, we don't, we didn't, neither one of us played it on PC with ray tracing, but my goodness, with that game with ray tracing, ridiculous. <laughs> but just the way that that building looked and, and how everything, the mood and how things felt in that game, I think was done really well. And I think it was a harder way to do it than picking a really out there visual design because it was so stark. It, I think it makes it harder for them to, to make it feel as, atmospheric as they did does that make sense yeah makes sense and my very late night trying to explain no, I, got, I got you okay cool control it is here we're moving on all right best indie game and the nominees are a short hike baba is you devotion knights and bikes observation outer wilds sayonara wild hearts slay the spire Sunless Skies, and Telling Lies. Josh, what say you, good sir? Well, I feel like if I... I haven't played Slay the Spire yet. I feel like that would have been... From everything I've been hearing, that would probably be the one I would pick. I really want to play Observation as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But just for simple lack of playing, I would have to pick Sayonara Wild Hearts. But we don't have to pick that because I know you have played other games and and i did not enjoy outer wilds so i wouldn't pick that gotcha well i'm going to since you said you would probably pick it if you had played it i'm going to select slay the spider for us because this game still is vying for one of my top games of the year uh this game is incredible it's really really good and i think especially you know as bored with video games covering both areas this kind of does that really well slow slay the spider gets the vote Next time we have to sway one direction, we'll sway whichever way your heart goes. Perfect. All right. Next category, best audio. The nominees are A Plague Tale Innocence, 
Ape Out, Cadence of Hyrule, Control, Days Gone, Observation, Outer Wilds, Resident Evil 2, Tetris Effect, The Light Keeps Us Safe. Yeah, I still play Control. (laughs) So here, this is tough because when I was, like I said, I didn't look through these before. And as I was rolling through these, A Plague Tale Innocence, the audio in that great is sound. very, very yep. good. It's great. Ape Out, again, I haven't played it, but if you listen to the soundtrack of that game, ridiculously cool. Ape Out is very awesome. Kings of Hyrule, okay, has some things, but Control, <laughs> the, oh man, the Ashtray Maze, that alone, so good. Days Gone has some solid stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But then, Tetris Effect. Josh, Tetris Effect is so good. I wouldn't know. I know, but it really is. We all we all don't get to live in that one percent of the VRs. <laughs> okay, I can understand that. I just want to say that Tetris Effect would get a uh, special honor, but so pick I it. agree. No, I'm not going to pick it. We're going to go with Control. I vote for Tetris because... Effect, though. No, you're not. You don't. You don't even do this. I agree. I feel like we're going to become like the control podcast. I'm okay with that. Control so much. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, but man, the Ashtray Maze alone would get it, but everything in that game. The audio just, in that whole game is incredible. I know, because all of just the ambient noise when you're just and walking the sounds around. And oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Okay, Control gets the vote. Control is sweeping for us pretty good. All right, still playing. So this is games that did not come out in those last 12 months, but people are still having a good time with Destiny 2. Elite Dangerous, Fortnite, GTA Online, Minecraft, Rocket League, The Elder Scrolls Online, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Warframe, and World of Warcraft. I'm going to riot right now is what I'm going to do because Overwatch isn't on this list. So I am saying that all these awards are null and void and... Everyone should ignore the golden joysticks forevermore. People still play Overwatch? Oh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. This is a good list of games, though. Wow. Yeah. It's an interesting list of games. It is. I would be tempted to vote for Destiny because of my enjoyment of Destiny. But I think if I had to vote, the sheer... The the madness that is GTA Online, that it still exists and that it is still played, is, is something that I would probably vote for gta just for its staying power but i i don't have a particular favorite in this so i'll I'll let you pick uh, the winner of this one so i actually would probably one of the things i thought about was the fact that minecraft actually is resurging in popularity again more people are playing minecraft again than they were a couple years ago so i want to give a special shout out there in recognition for that but in order to keep you know people like dev happy (laughs) I think we have to go with Destiny 2, right? I'm happy with that. Destiny 2 it is. It gets the vote. All right. (laughs) Boy, here we go. This is going to be a tough one. (laughs) Best gaming hardware. The Honor 20 Pro, which I don't even know what that is. It's a phone. Okay. Nintendo Labo VR. Hell no. I mean, heck no. (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo Switch Lite. That thing that just came out. NVIDIA 20 Series Super Graphic Cards, Oculus Quest, Razer Blade 15 Advanced Model, the Sega Genesis Mega Drive Mini. That just came out. The Valve Index. Don't know what that is. The Xbox Elite Wireless Control Controller Series 2, which isn't even out yet. It's not even out yet. 
<laughs> and the X, the Xbox One S All Digital Edition, which is like a unicorn because people have not seen them in stores. Okay, so Josh, what of these would you say is the best gaming hardware? You know, if I had to pick from this list, you do. La- you have to pick. From I picked this the list. Labo. Do you really? Because at least it's out and people have used it. <laughs> I I feel like. No, I don't pick Oculus. a lava. Are you crazy? Okay. I was like, well, I, was, I kind of thought you were being serious. No, I mean, if I had to pick something on this list, I would probably go with the graphics cards. Just because, okay. um, you know, I've always been a fan of NVIDIA and what they've done. Um, but that's just me not knowing. Um, it's a general, like it's graphics cards. So it's a, a general, like, a, acknowledgement. Right. But I, I don't have any strong feelings for anything on this list. Yeah, I mean, the Switch Lite is basically Vita 2, um, so that kind of makes my heart go there, but I don't have one. <laughs> yeah. And the Oculus Quest is a really nice entry, uh, very powerful entry into wireless VR. Yeah. And I, I know people who have it are really excited about it, but again, I don't have it. I think it is interesting that the Xbox Elite Wireless Controller Series 2 is on here, because that's not out till like, November, right? I know it's not out yet. I don't know when it's coming out, but... I know it's not maybe it, maybe it is sometime this month. I don't remember exactly, but hey, you know what? Graphics cards sound good. The people on Flux Depose talk about graphics cards uh-huh. sometimes, and they're cool. So we'll go with that. Graphics cards, it is. All right, esports game of the year. Here we go. Call of Duty Black Ops Four, Counter Strike Global Offensive, Dota Two, FIFA Nineteen, Fortnite, League of Legends. Overwatch, PUBG Mobile, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> you can. This is your category. You can pick. PUBG Mobile. Hey, uh, people like it. They do, and I know that mobile PUBG couldn't even get a nomination. <laughs> well, but I know that po- that mobile esports are huge in Southeast Asia. Yeah, that it's not a big thing here, but I know that they're really big elsewhere. Um, I mean, I think you know what I'm going to pick, right? I mean, I played Call of Duty Mobile today. Can I vote for that? Uh, that's not an option. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I obviously am going to pick for pick Overwatch because I love the Overwatch League. So I am voting for Overwatch in the grand and the grand. Uh, the grand finals just happened. Uh, big shout out and congratulations to the San Francisco Shock who swept Vancouver uh, to win the title. Had to come back through the losers bracket to do it. Uh, but big shout out to them. So Overwatch, it is the winner. I'm sure the next uh, category will be for me, right? It is. Here we go. The 10 best VR AR <laughs> oh, games. <yeah>, great. <laughs> or number 10, sorry, best VR AR game. Wow, I'm tired. It is late, folks. It's okay, late. here we go. Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown, Beat Saber, Blood and Truth, Daracene, Falcon Age, Harry Potter, Wizards Unite, Nintendo Labo, VR Kit, no Man's Sky Beyond VR, Tetris Effect, Trover Saves the Universe. So, Josh, in all of your extensive VR AR knowledge, where do you does your heart lie? Beat Saber? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> I have no opinion on any of this. I've never played any of these games, and I probably never will. <laughs> I think half of these are PlayStation VR exclusives. Yeah, I think so. Well, Beat Saber's so. not. No, I know. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, Beat Saber sounds great. I would. Blood and Truth is really good, too. Um, yeah. Tetris Effect is really, really good as well. But I'm totally happy to go with Beat Saber. Uh, 
I mean, come on. The developer's name is Beat Games. How great is that? So Beat Saber it is. Also, they're not even original in naming their games. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here we go. Next category. Studio of the Year. 4A Games. Of course, the developers of Metro Exodus. Capcom from their many, many games. Digital Extremes, who are the Warframe folks. Epic Games, who obviously have Fortnite. Hello Games for No Man's Sky. Media Molecule for Dreams, I guess. <laughs> Mobius Digital, who did the Outer Wilds. Nintendo for their Nintendo stuff. Remedy for Control. Respawn for Apex Legends. And obviously Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is coming out. So those are all the nominees for Studio of the Year. Important thing to note that the Golden Joysticks are British-based, so that's probably why, like, you know, Media Molecule is in here. Uh, Josh, of all of those, who would you say your Studio of the Year is? Well, I would love for it to be Remedy. I I have to pick Respawn. I would agree 100. percent Yeah, they just had a, they just came out of nowhere and just blew away everybody. So I think they really did a great job this year. Indeed, I agree there 100. Uh, percent Respawn takes the vote for us. Next category: Mobile Game of the Year. Josh's favorite category. <laughs> what he spends most of his time doing. I do play a lot of mobile uh, games. <laughs> the nominees are BTS World. Boy. Hey, hey. I'm uh, no, I'm not hidden. K-pop all the way, man. K-pop for life. Uh, Command and Conquer Rivals. Which is terrible. Doctor, Doctor Mario World. <laughs> FM Touch 2019. Grindstone, which I just talked about. Uh, Wizard Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Kids. Mighty Quest for Epic Loot. Sky Children of the Light. The Elder Scrolls Blades. Which is terrible. Josh, do you have a strong feeling? <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I've played Mighty Quest for Epic Loot on the PC, and it's very good. I have not played it on the on mobile. Um, okay. I'll let you go ahead on this one, because uh, I don't like any games on this list that I have played. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love Grindstone, so I will go ahead and vote for Grindstone, even though I've only played it for the last week, uh, or was only introduced to it in the last week. It is definitely a great game, so Grindstone gets the win. All right, Josh, this one is going to be completely you because I play no games on my PC Game of the Year list. <laughs> Age of Wonders, Planetfall, Anno 1800, Dicey Dungeons, F1 2019, Heaven's Vault, Slay the Spire, Sunless Skies, Team Fight Tactics, Total War Three Kingdoms, World of Warcraft Classic. I know you've played all of these, Josh, probably 100 hours in each. Yeah. So where where's your heart lie? In the gutter. I haven't played any of these games. <laughs> oh no, Josh, what are we going to do? <coughs> I think we're going to have to vote for Slay the Spire. All right, Slay the Spire, you win. Moving on, here we go. PlayStation Game of the Year. The nominees, Blood and Truth, Concrete Genie, which comes out in like four days, Days Gone, Dreams, which is in beta, or early list. access, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> The VR game. Erica, which I do have, but I've not played yet. Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. Judgment, which is a good time. Medieval, which is not out for about a month. Tetris Effect, which was a great game. Out of all of these, Josh, uh, how many have you played? I picked Control. That's not an option, Josh. Oh. How many have I played? All right, let's see. One. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just Days Gone. I was going to see how long you let that go. Yeah, that was Just a good Days Gone. Pause. All right, Days Gone gets the vote then, by default. <laughs> I had played many of them. I'm fine with Days Gone. Uh, I d it's so weird to me that 
some of these games aren't even out yet, and you can still vote for them. It shows you how little these awards matter. <laughs> <laughs> longest running, Josh. Longest running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Xbox Game of the Year. Ashen. Below. Blair Witch. Castlevania Anniversary Collection. <clears throat> Crackdown 3. Gears 5. Outer Wilds. Void Bastards. I believe I know where Josh is going with his vote. Void Bastards is my vote. That is... Yeah, that's what I figured your voice would be, and I am okay with that, because I have not finished Gears 5 yet, and I have played nothing else on this list. <laughs> so, Circle gets the square, Void Bastards gets the vote, and Nintendo Game of the Year. Breath of the Astral- Wild. <laughs> Astral Chain, Cadence of Hyrule, Dragon Quest Builders 2, Fire Emblem 3 Houses, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu Let's Go Eevee, Super Mario Maker 2, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Tetris 99, Yoshi's Crafted World, Zelda Link's Awakening. I vote for Zelda. I do as well. <laughs> I'm assuming Link's Awakening and not Cadence of Hyrule. Words Donnie never thought I would ever say. <laughs> Zelda Link's I Awakening. vote for Zelda. <laughs> All right. Zelda Link's Awakening gets the vote. And on to what might be our most challenging category, Josh. Most Wanted Game. Sure. Our nominees are... Animal Crossing, New Horizons. <laughs> Can I point something out before you continue? That some of the games aren't out yet? You gave me veto power over one category, and I haven't used it yet. No, I already did your... I didn't say veto power. I said we were going to sway your way on something, and we oh. already did. No, we didn't. What? On uh, the PC, the graphics card. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Cyberpunk 2077, Disintegration, Doom Eternal, Okay, I need to pause for a second. Sure. We got all the time in the world. <laughs> so, Doom Eternal yes. is November like the cutoff? Because Doom Eternal comes off out in November, but and that's most anticipated. But Medieval, which is out October 28th or whatever it is, is you can vote for for Game of the Year. So, it must be November, right? I'm pretty sure these awards are biased towards PlayStation. I don't, I don't think they're biased <laughs> That's not what you were implying? No, not at all. <laughs> Uh, Dying Light 2, Elden Ring, Final, Fi- Final Fantasy VII Remake, Halo Infinite, Hytale, Marvel's Avengers, The Last of Us Part Two, Watch Dogs Legion. So out of that list, Josh, what is your most wanted game? See, it's tricky because it's most wanted. It's not um, most curious about. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of games on here that I'm like, I'm really curious about that. I would love to play that. It says the game you're most looking forward to. I think for me, yeah, it's Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, but mm-hmm. I know what yours is. What do you think mine is? The Last of Us Two. I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> but here's what I will say: I think that Cyberpunk would probably be out of this list number two on my list. Sure. And I have a feeling that The Last of Us is maybe not number two on your list. Maybe if I played The Last of Us Part 1, it would be. Right. It might even be so number one. <laughs> I, right. So I will go ahead and I will let uh, Cyberpunk 2077 get the vote. Nice. Because I think between the two of us, it is the highest of of both of us. Okay. So Cyberpunk gets the vote. All right. And that is it. That is all of them. All of the things for the Golden Joysticks. You are welcome to go vote yourself. It's on GamesRadar website, just gamesradar.com slash golden joystick awards. 
let them know what your favorite games of the year are, apparently through October. What is interesting, though, Josh, about that list is that um, Death Stranding was neither on the most anticipated, nor was it on the best games. Nobody knows so apparently they must already know. <laughs> they must already know how good of a game that is. Sure. So good good job, Games Radar. Is it a game? On, well, I guess we'll find out <laughs> in November 8th or whatever day that it comes out. All right. Uh, so, Josh, we're just going to keep moving on. We're going to skip questions and all of that good stuff for this week just because it has been a long night. It is 1.30 in the morning where you are, so we're going to just keep on moving on here. To our well-rounded life recommendations, obviously we are a gaming podcast, but we do want to leave you with one recommendation for a well-rounded life, something we're into currently that is not gaming-related, that we're spending time with and enjoying. Josh, what is your recommendation for our dear listeners? Well, you know, um, I'm not even really sure uh, what I want it to be. Uh, If I'm going to be talking about well-roundedness in my life... um, uh, October 5th is our my 6th uh, wedding anniversary, so um, my what's going on now is working on celebrating uh, my marriage, or it doesn't even have to be marriage, celebrating something important in my life. So if you have that, if you can do that, it can just be you. It doesn't have to be um, necessarily um, with someone else, but... Um, Take some time to do something for yourself or something for your significant other. Uh, doesn't even need to be a surprise. I typically like to do surprises for anniversaries and stuff. But now with a child, it's a lot harder to make surprises because you have to plan for child care and money that you may not have anymore <laughs> and things like that. So uh, we're going to go back to the hotel where we uh, spent our honeymoon and just enjoy a night so it's gonna be a really short uh uh trip but yeah do something for yourself or someone uh that you're with or a loved one a parent sibling uh, do something nice for them that's what i would very say. cool that is awesome it was funny because before we started recording i couldn't remember for the life of me what i wanted my recommendation to be even though i had i knew it and then i forgot and for whatever reason it just came to me hey so that was great uh, mine's not quite as sweet as yours is, uh, but it's actually related to a recent um, well-rounded life recommendation we gave. It's related to The Chef Show. Oh, nice. Uh, and on The Chef Show, on a couple of episodes, uh, I think one episode of part season one, part one, and one episode of season one, part two, there is a guest who is on that show um, who has a... What ostensibly is an extremely successful YouTube cooking channel. Babish? Um, yep. And that is Binging with Babish. And I had never, I don't know, maybe just because I'm old, the idea of looking at YouTube for regular cooking <laughs> content never occurred to me until I saw him on uh, The Chef Show. And now I have watched a whole lot of Binging with Babish, and I really enjoy it. Uh, so I think that no matter what you are into, so part of it is what you should watch Binging with Babish, because if you're into cooking, or even if you're not into cooking, but want to find cool recipes and easy recipes, he's a great place to go to. And the cool thing is, is he typically does things that are associated with some sort of food from pop culture, which is very cool of, he'll make, you know, the lasagna that's mentioned on the Sopranos or whatever, you know, he tries to recreate those recipes. So that's kind of cool. 
but also he's just, you know, very short, very kind. I find the humor very good um, that he has uh, very short episodes. But what it goes along with that is if you're interested in something, look in places you wouldn't expect to find things related to that interest. I know most people, especially if you're younger than me, are like, yeah, idiot. Obviously, (laughs) (laughs) but that's just not when I grew up. That's not where I grew up watching cooking things. So the idea of looking there never occurred to me, Uh, which I feel very silly to say, but it's just the the honest, genuine truth. So um, watch Binging with Babbage, but also uh, look for, you know, things about your hobby in places you wouldn't expect because you might be pleasantly surprised by the gold mine that is there for you. All right, Josh, should we wrap this show up? Should we call it a night? Oh, yeah, let's call it a morning. <laughs> let's call it a morning. Let's roll, man. All right, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, so please use that hashtag as well on social media so we can see what you're up to. Uh, Whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board With Video Games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. Uh, be on the lookout. There's going to be, a, I, I think, a special edition on the PSXP feed coming soon. Donnie and I are recording an episode all about The Last of Us Part 2. Um, and from the reveals that happened and what we're looking forward to for the show, so looking or from the game, so look for that very soon. I think probably next week that'll be dropping on the PSXP feed. Um, so that's one more dose if you want a little PlayStation-centric news. You can check that out. As always, though, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.